Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. On today's show, Lucas and I give our thoughts on the big weekend in professional wrestling with SummerSlam and Ric Flair's last match. We also talk about what's going on in the Deshaun Watson case. The verdict was given by Sue Robinson, but is that the final verdict or is the NFL going to fight it? We also try, and I repeat, try to talk about the baseball trade deadline, and we also give our thoughts on what's going on with Batgirl, which was just canceled by Warner Brothers today. So, after the guitar riff, the Couch Potato Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. My name is Russ, and with me, most episodes, Lucas. Lucas, what's going on, man? Uh, another episode where I'm here. That's right. So it's you're on a on a roll right now. What is three or four no. in a row? I I don't know, but I'm sure something will fuck it up. So. <laughs> yeah, it always does. Uh, so what's been going on, man? Any exciting news since the last time we got together? Uh, personally, no. Um, in the world of professional wrestling and other professional sports, yes. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, been a wild week uh, for me. Uh, experienced my first boy band concert last oh, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, took the missus uh, as her late birthday gift to see the Backstreet Boys. Which I grew up listening. Like, they were around when I was younger. So, I liked the Backstreet Boys. They were my era, you know, in my era of music. So Yeah, I know, man. You told me that last week. And I don't know, like, it... Really, I think I lost a couple of days of sleep. Like, man, is this friendship really worth it at this point after I'm <laughs> digging these skeletons in the closet? <laughs> That's why you can't sleep lately. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I tell you what, man, it's not my cup of tea. I would never see them again unless asked to go by the missus. Dude's incredible showman. Like, they put on a hell of a show. Uh, I wish I had the power to have, you know, just that command over a crowd uh there was a moment in the show where a couple of the dudes i don't know their names they had these uh, trunks like the packing trunks like suitcases and shit mm-hmm. and they were talking about like having to change their clothes because it was a muggy night down there in cincinnati and i don't know what it was but there was this girl that was just screaming at the top of her lungs to see one of them dudes dick they're like <laughs> she's like oh my god i'm gonna see their dicks and i'm <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. And she's yelling, like, show me your dick. <laughs> That's perfect. I, I can't think, think of anything better than going to a boy band show and seeing some chick yell, show me your dick. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what? More power to you. Uh, I'm sorry you didn't get what you asked for. I'm glad that she didn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was I mean, already. I don't personally want to see their dicks. I was but... already sitting through music that's not really my cup of tea. Like, I didn't need a pole to ruin the rest of the evening. <laughs> don't need that helicopter on the stage right and then uh actually right before we got on and recorded tonight we're recording on a tuesday evening uh me and the family uh drove down to uh the toy department which is a toy store uh near cincinnati ohio uh thank you for uh letting me know uh Danhausen was going to be down there doing a meet and greet so uh me and the family took a trip down to cincinnati Got to meet Dan Housen, who's one of my favorite professional wrestlers at the moment. So that was an yeah, awesome time. Cool. I got got a photo with the, him and the fam. Uh, waited in line for over an hour, but hey, it was worth it. Incredibly nice yeah, dude you, also. like When you sent me that picture of the line, I'm like, holy shit. 
Yeah, there was like tons of people waiting to get in the, to see. It was him, Ethan Page, and Mark Sterling from AEW. Which, you know, I'm not an AEW type of guy. I do know who Dan Housen is, but that's about it. Uh, you should get on the AEW bandwagon. Their wrestling is fantastic. Big fan. Maybe one day. How about how about an all out September September fourth Labor Day weekend? <laughs> we'll see. Biggest event of the year. Um, well, speaking of professional wrestling, it was a big weekend in professional wrestling. We had a SummerSlam from the WWE on Saturday night. Then we had Ric Flair's last match on Sunday. So I don't know which one you want to dive into first. I'd say we go uh, talking about SummerSlam. Uh, what was your I'm thoughts good. on that? Um, I thought overall it was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the main event was next level. Um it reminded me a lot of what I, when I really loved wrestling during the Attitude Era. Um, just a crazy, like, hardcore match where they're throwing shit at each other, breaking the ring, breaking tables. Mm. I don't know, all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, I thought it was a good show, too. Uh, I thought it started out really good. We got Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Uh, the, yeah. I'm guessing it's the final match of their, uh, their feud. Uh, Bianca Belair won. I thought that was a really good match. Then we uh, followed that up with Logan Paul versus The Miz, which I don't know how hot of a take this is. It's probably not super. It's probably lukewarm. But Logan Paul, I will say, is probably the best celebrity professional wrestler I've ever seen. That dude looks like a natural. Yeah, he looks like a natural in the ring. And when he jumped from the top to the announcer's table, that's that's an unbelievable distance. That's fucking like 20 feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a hell of a spot. I did think the show started to lose a little bit of steam in the middle. Um, but then, yeah, that Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns main event, man, that was awesome. That was such a fun match. Yeah, I actually thought the um, – so Bobby Lashley in theory was a squash match, which I don't even know why. I Like, I understand why they had theory on there for that, but it's just like Bobby Lashley is a really good wrestler. And he doesn't need, like, I mean, he's a big guy. He's big, intimidating. But he needs to have more than just a squash match every time because he's actually a really good, really good wrestler. He can put on a hell of a show. Um, I don't, I, I don't know why they're pushing the Mysterio so hard right now. I just don't care. Well, I think um, that was more to set up... Um... They needed somebody to feud with the Judgment Day before Edge came back, which that was kind of anticlimactic. I mean, you kind of figured once, at least I thought so, when they announced that match was a no disqualification match, I'm like, okay, this is Edge. Edge is coming back at SummerSlam. And then they were running those vignettes uh, on uh, WWE programming, which I thought at first was Bray Wyatt. People were speculating it was Bray Wyatt. And then um, I tell you what, as toxic as Twitter can be, sometimes it's very helpful trying to uh, decipher like fucking mysterious videos like that because people are pointing out like all these little clues in those videos that leads it to be Edge. You got to see Kurt Angle's gold medals, like picture. I think there was a picture of the Hardy Boys. Uh, there was something with the Dudleys too. Basically, like people that Edge has beaten over his career. Right. The yeah, I figured once they announced that that was going to be the. Um, a no DQ match, like okay, yeah, Edge is coming back. 
Yeah, I guess that makes a little more sense. I don't know. I just the push for the Mysterios is just it's weird to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, you, like you said, they needed that. Um, I thought Pat McAfee performed pretty well again. Yeah, McAfee is um, always solid. Uh, on his show yesterday, he was talking about because uh, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but he's generally like every time I've seen him wrestle, he's been pretty fluid in the ring, especially when he's working the ropes. And he, there was a couple of mishaps where it almost, he was going to fucking eat it there for a minute. Yeah. And I know he had, uh, on his show yesterday, he was talking about he, when he trained, he wasn't expecting it to be as humid as it was in Nashville. Yeah. And then he looked pretty gassed. (laughs) That and the shoes, I guess were apparently a problem. Um, to me, though, I know Baron Corbin, or Happy Corbin, I'm still going to call him Baron Corbin, uh, has a reputation for being one of the safest guys to work with. And when he makes the the spot where he jumps onto the top rope to do the superplex, you could see Baron Corbin catch him so he didn't fall. Yeah. Which, that I mean, I'm sure that they're probably friends in real life anyway. And, you, don't, you know, when you're in there, you're trusting somebody. You don't want them to get hurt, so... Yeah, I mean, I thought that match was solid. It's probably the weakest of his matches so far. Yeah. But it's still pretty solid. Uh, I don't know, like, I didn't really care too much for the uh, Liv Morgan-Ronda Rousey match. And, well, and I text you, I I just think Ronda Rousey's a horrible wrestler. Her timing is bad. She's just She's just in there to beat the shit out of people. It's not entertaining to me. I mean, I get she's a big name, and I know that's why they brought her in. And she draw, you know, she draws people, but I just she she just doesn't look good in the ring. She looks uncomfortable. Her timing's bad, and she's gonna end up fucking hurting somebody really bad one of these days. Well, I mean, I I I'm not gonna say she's a bad wrestler. I don't think she's like you'll, she'll never be confused with Kurt Angle or you know, Dean Malenko or anybody like that. But, I mean, I think she is what she is. I mean, she does a good job of doing what she does. I just didn't care for the way that that whole match went down because essentially you make Liv Morgan out to be weak. Right, and she's your champion. You don't want to diminish the power of your champion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just thought that. I mean, the, she basically just got throttled. And I understand, like, she's going up against Ronda Rousey, and she kind of caught her off guard at Money in the Bank, so I guess it kind of makes sense. But, I mean, the fact that she just got pummeled, and then she only kept the belt because of, like, kind of a... Controversial. Yeah, ending. a controversial finish, which I'm sure that that's going to lead to a rematch at the uh, Clash at the Castle, which is Probably. September. Yeah, September. Match, I'm looking at the times for the matches. That match was only four minutes and 35 seconds long. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it lasted for fucking 25. Right. I just, I was not entertained with it at all. And I think Liv Morgan's actually a pretty good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't think she's good enough. Like, you need somebody in there who can help carry Ronda Rousey, in my opinion. Like you said, she does what she does, but you also, there has to be a point where she's kind of in peril in the match at some point too. If it's a big time match. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I think Charlotte's really good for that. I think, uh, Natty Neidhart's good at that. Um, which I, that picture you sent me was absolutely fucking hilarious. 
with JR looking at the pictures of the 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 Neidhart sisters. And I mean, I understand that Jim Ross meant no harm by it, but man, the comments on those pictures on Twitter are hysterical. If you guys and gals get a chance, just check out uh, uh, Natalia Neidhart's Twitter uh, pictures of her and her sister up there. Uh, Jim Ross is uh, very complimentary. Uh, <laughs> Man's them. thirsty. Yeah, like basically the the, <laughs> the thirst like the thirst trap picture started. I I lost it with the uh, the horny spray, <laughs> the anti horny spray. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, Twitter like like I said, Twitter is a toxic place, but it's also get some good stuff in there. Um, Street profits and the Usos. I thought that match wasn't as good as the Money in the Bank one. I still thought uh, that I was didn't good. See that one, but I thought it was really good. Which one didn't you watch? The SummerSlam I didn't or the, watch Money, the, in the Money in the Bank? Uh, the Money in the yeah. Bank was fantastic, and it, this one was a little bit of a letdown. Still pretty good. It's like I don't know. It's like basically I can't get a fifty dollar. I'm probably selling like you're not getting like uh, like a. It's like you want filet mignon, but instead you end up with a, a quarter pounder of cheese. I mean. Granted, the filet mignon is going to be much better, but you know what? I'll deal with the quarter pounder with cheese. It's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, McDonald's, if you want to sponsor us, we'd love to have you. I don't know, man. I had an experience with McDonald's today. Not a fan of them right now. They, uh girl working the drive-thru, we, she hands us, like, it was me, my wife, my son, and my daughter. And we, we got a little bit of, it was like a $20 meal, just got burgers cheap shit she hands us like a small little bag and like a like a drink and my wife's like you know like this isn't our order and the yeah. girl was just like totally oblivious to all this like she just acted like she had no clue what the hell was even going on where am i so then like jen like my wife said like hey it's she even gave her the order number like it's order number this and she just was like just being super rude and nasty about it then they still ended up shortening us on some of the stuff that we got. So my wife had to go back in and get my son's food, and she overheard that girl that was working a drive-thru bitching that they were busy. Well, well, I've never worked fast food, but I don't, I don't think those people. I don't think any of them are really happy to be there at all. Uh, that's true. No excuse but, to to be rude, obviously. But right. So if anyone at the Upper Valley Mall. McDonald's in Springfield, Ohio is listening to this show. Get your fucking drive through people and check. Check your shit. Yeah. Totally unacceptable. Um, i trying to think if there's any other matches we missed before uh, we get to the main that, event. That was everything. Yeah. Main event, though, man, that was fantastic, though. That was like... Because, I mean, you and I spoke before, uh, I think it was last week, we neither one of us were very excited at the prospect of another Reigns and Lesnar match. I didn't right. see what else they could even do, but they managed to prove both of us wrong. Yeah, oh yeah, they they brought it, and the the whole tractor spot that was just it was crazy. Those guys beat the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. They have to be sore because <laughs> those guys beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, I mean, I I. Actually, the way the tractor ended up, though, was completely different than I expected it to be. I was expecting it to be where they used the tractor to put, like, keep one of them down. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. 
But no, instead, Brock Lesnar takes it, and he lifts the ring up. And throws Roman Reigns out of it. Yeah. And then I yeah, just love awesome. I just love that uh that scene at the end where they have to pile and that's that's one of those matches where I think cuz the WWE gets criticized a lot for their 50-50 booking style where they can't build somebody up and just let them be dominant. They have to make like the other guy on equal par. Yeah. And it really affects their product cuz like say uh, we'll just use Lashley and Theory as an example like Theory would have to beat Lashley to get, like, basically to make them look even. Well, you don't have to do that. That's perfect, right. though. I mean, they had to throw the broken table, which was awesome to get to see Paul Heyman go through a table. Yeah, I was shocked that that happened. Yeah, and, it, like, that table just disintegrated, too. <laughs> he, just, like, he fucking laid there for, like... Oh, he sold I, the shit out of it. Yeah, he did. Um, But, yeah, they threw the table... Roman grabs the timekeeper's chair. They get the steel steps. And then Roman has to stand on top of Brock Lesnar for him to stay down. Yeah. I just I that love that. Cool. I love how that that built to the finish. Just like Roman, whatever he threw at Lesnar would not keep him down. So they had to throw everything but the kitchen sink at him to keep him down. I just thought it was a fantastic way to end that match. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, so before we go into uh Rick Flair's last match. Uh, give me your highlights and disappointments from SummerSlam. Um, highlights are definitely uh, Bianca and Becky, which um, I don't know if you caught the beginning of Raw, but um, Becky is actually hurt. Yeah, she got injured. Right a, now. I don't think it's a work. So no, it's she's it's actually le- hurt. It's legit. Yeah, because they uh, they had. Um, well, we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, she got beat up backstage, and that's kind of how they wrote her out of programming for a while. Yeah, so she was she wrestled pretty much the whole match injured, which is big kudos because I, her and like Cody Rhodes, I don't know how the fuck they do that because that's they went through some painful injuries. Not too bad for somebody that's places. not good looking, huh? <laughs> right. I can't believe he's still employed. By the way. I give it time. I think he'll leave here sooner or later. Um, another highlight would be the main event, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, all the spots worked. It was believable. It felt, it felt like an ending. It felt right, like an ending, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was essentially what WrestleMania should have been. Oh, their their match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I was gonna say WrestleMania it by itself was actually pretty solid for it WWE was, that, standards. Their match was terrible. Yeah, for it being like the, the match that closed out the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'd say a low light is pretty much um, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey, and then um, the Mysterios match. Um, yeah. Just. I don't know. Those those didn't really do it for me. Yeah. They weren't horrible matches. Well, the Liv Morgan Ronda Rousey match was pretty horrible, but the tag team match wasn't horrible. Just wasn't up there with my favorite. Right. Um I know for me to piggyback a little bit off of the Bianca Belair, um Becky Lynch, uh Becky Lynch's face turn, she's pretty much a face again, which I think that character works so much better than as a heel. I kind of liken 
her turning heel to win, they try to turn Steve Austin heel. It just didn't work. And I, I don't um, think... I think for the shock value for a while with him with McMahon, I think it, it I think it worked for a little while. But yeah, overall, I think he was always like the biggest. He was always a face. Well, there's certain guys and gals that you just can't do that to. They're going to get cheered regardless. Like you could turn the Undertaker heel, people are still going to cheer for him. I think Austin's the same way. I still think Becky Lynch, like her turning heel, made no sense at all. I mean, like she was the most over wrestler in the company, and then they turned her heel, and that heel turn just didn't quite work for me. Well, you know, certain uh, people that are no longer with the company like to tinker with shit. Yeah. Just for the sake of tinkering with shit. Right. Um, Also in that same match, uh, Bailey returned, which I was super excited to see. Uh, Yeah, big, Super big Bailey fan. I considered her to be the MVP of the – the COVID era where they wrestled in, in the Thunderdome and even before that in front of no people, I thought she was doing some of the best work in the company. And I, I read that this is actually the first time she had worked in front of a crowd in a few years. Oh, wow. Cause she's been, well, she was hurt for almost a year, but she was out right. for over a year. And then, um, yeah, so it was awesome to see her come back. And then, uh, on top of that, they brought Dakota Kai who was, Really good wrestler in NXT. She got let go. I think she was part of the last cuts that they did. Vince's mm-hmm. last round of cuts. But that was a complete surprise. You even see that uh, in Bianca Belair's face when her music pits. Right, yeah. And then uh, they brought EO Shirai, who's called EO Sky now, which I don't get why they changed their names. I think it has to do with they want to own the name, but fuck, whatever. Well, my they, well Vince was... <sighs> The problem I have with the, one of the big problems I had with the way that they redid NXT is I I felt like when NXT was black and gold or black and yellow whatever it was that it was the third brand. I know that it's meant as a developmental thing, which is where they, they got back to. It's that's kind of what they're doing now, which is fine. But once you get attached to somebody. I don't want you to change who they are, change their character. Like, um, the bruiser weight. Oh, that's the worst. He's Changing butch now. Butch, yeah. Like, why? He was perfect the way he was. Mm-hmm. You don't need. You don't need to change him. Right. And you know, I, I don't think that Vince really saw it as the third program. So, every time somebody would come up, they would try to change him. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, another example, L.A. Knight to whatever the fuck he is now. It's Max horrible. Dupree. Yeah. Yes, terrible. So I, I just, like, you get people to follow these people as a fan as a fan base, and then you completely fucking change them, and nobody knows who they're. You have to relearn their character. You have to figure out if they're heel or face. It's just, it, it's a mess. I don't like it. I like, I would like them to develop into a character and bring it over to the main two shows. Right. Uh, still awesome to see uh, her come back. And actually in five minutes, they instantly like strengthened their women's division, which I think had been a sore spot for a while. Yeah. Now there's the, uh, the rumor that I sent you 
of Naomi and uh, Sasha Banks coming back, mm-hmm. which was one of the reasons that I had decided that I really wanted to watch Raw last night because the big rumor was they were coming back. Yeah, I think they a didn't. lot of people did that, uh, but um, I didn't. Like, <laughs> funny story, I was at work and I was just working in my office typing, and it just uh, like I just had this epiphany. Like, I bet they didn't show up on. Raw last night because Naomi and Sasha or Naomi and Sasha are SmackDown wrestlers, so it wouldn't make a lot of sense for them to be on Raw when they're part of the SmackDown brand. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, it could be completely nothing. It could this could all be like a, a hoax. Who knows? I hope they come back because I mean, it sucks to lose Becky, but if you get uh, Bailey, Io, Dakota Kai. Naomi and Sasha back, I would probably take that trade any day of the week. That yeah, that's a that's a pretty good uh, lineup there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, highlight was definitely the main event. Like, uh, actually, I ended up I didn't get to watch SummerSlam live as it happened. I got uh, I started it at the Pat McAfee match because I was out doing stuff with my family, so I didn't get to watch it right away. Right. So I started it with the, uh, at the Pat McAfee match and then went on. So then I ended up watching the rest of it la- the, that night. And then I watched the beginning of it the following morning. And then after I got done getting caught up, I went back and watched Lesnar and Reigns again because it's just such an awesome match. That's probably one of my favorite matches of the year. Technically, yeah. I've seen much better. But, man, just on a pure spectacle, which I think that WWE is – the best at is creating yeah. like these big spectacles of their matches. I, that is easily one of their best spectacle matches. Well, actually they've had two. If you think about the, uh, Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville match, well, that was a, a spectacle too. And that was a super fun match too. Yeah. Surprisingly when, when I saw that initially, I'm like, this is going to be a fucking turd, but it ended up being really good. And That's really a credit. Fun. That's just a credit to how good Sami Zayn is. Incredibly underrated, but well, uh, oh, I'll get off that. Much so. I'll get off that soapbox right now because I'll probably end up going two hours on why I think he deserves better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, the, everything in that Bianca uh, Becky Lynch match was awesome, and then the main event, uh, low light. Yeah, like you said, I think uh, just the way Liv Morgan was booked in that match, he looked incredibly weak as the champion. So I hope they do they do something to build her back up to make her look more legitimate because honestly, I don't really buy her as the champion right now. She looked like that because it it really looks like she just kind of got an easy one over and anybody's gonna come in and beat her. Um, right. And I also was a little let down by I just think the whole not so much the Mysterios and Judgment Day match themselves, but I just Edge returning was just kind of like. Okay, cool. <laughs> the entrance part of like his it, actual entrance. His entrances are fantastic. I think as part of his contract when he came back, it's like, okay, I want to have the same entrances Triple H does at WrestleMania. Because it's like he has these grandiose entrances when he comes out. I think they're super cool. But just yeah. the thing itself is like okay. <laughs> and I haven't been yeah, that was, impressed with Judgment Day Bray either. Wyatt. And Judgment Day themselves, ever since they kicked him out, had just been kind of 
like Rhea right now is the only one that looks like a legitimate threat in that faction. I don't really buy Finn or Damian Priest as like threats to anybody. Yeah, I, I mean, I get the idea of the betrayal and the comeback. But, yeah, I mean, they could have <laughs> – no offense to Damian Priest and uh, – fucking lost his name. Finn Balor. But, Finn Balor, thank you. Um, but the, they're just not – they're not as high profile as they once were. Mm-hmm. I mean, Damian Priest was never high profile on the main shows. He was on – NXT for a while and for good reason. I mean, he's, he's, he's really good. Um, I don't know if he's good on the mic. It doesn't seem like he's as good on the mic, but in ring, he's really good. And Finn Balor, I don't like, he was the first universal champion. And then it just seems like they just, he's just like a low mid card now. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's because he's a small guy and Vince hated small guys or, or what, but, you know, I, it just, the faction may have worked a few years ago, but now it just doesn't because they're just, who cares about them, you right. know? Yeah. But um, overall, SummerSlam was a incredibly fun show. I was a little, I didn't even really have a, a huge desire to watch it. I was probably going to watch the Pat McAfee match just because I'm a huge Pat McAfee fan. Anybody that knows me knows that. But outside of that, I really had no desire to watch it, but I kind of, after I had started seeing, like, some of the stuff that happened in the uh, Bianca-Becky match, and I'm like, okay, this looks pretty good. Oh, also one more highlight, too, was uh, Logan Paul's performance. Like I said, oh, I, yep. awesome. Uh, awesome performance. Uh, Miz is actually, I think everybody involved in that match did a fantastic job. Miz is, uh, yeah. for what he is, I think he's incredibly underrated. He's one of those guys that you can plug him into anything, and he's going to... Make it work. And I think he's been the best heel for, fuck, what, a decade in that company? Uh, I think at one point during the whole uh, stuff with Daniel Bryan, I think so. I think he's kind of cooled off in, like, in terms of like being like an uber-mega heel. Like I think Roman Reigns has far surpassed him now. I think Roman's probably the best heel in the business, but... um. But, yeah, I mean, that Miz-Logan-Paul match was really good, too. But, yeah, overall, it's a great show, man. I don't regret watching it in the least bit. Uh, I mean, it didn't cost me anything but my nine ninety nine a month I give to the cock. So, I wouldn't have been out of anything. But, I'm sure the cock deserves you giving them money. Yeah. But uh, looking forward to the clash at the castle now. It looks like they're setting up. Uh, it Actually, they're not setting it up. It will be. Main event, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre in Drew McIntyre's backyard. So, for once, I'm actually kind of excited to watch a, a WWE premium live event. They're not pay-per-views anymore. I'm Remember? still calling them pay-per-views. Uh, yeah, that's when you've been ordering them for, shit, 30-plus years. On <laughs> You just can't, like, oh, premium live event. Like I heard that, like, what the hell is that? But yeah. Well, yeah, it's cuz it's cuz they don't have a contract with any like former paper or formal pay-per-view companies, I'm mm-hmm. sure, so. Right. Um, um I did before we move on to Rick Flair real quick. I did want to say I watched Raw last night and it was actually really good. That's, really really good. The main that, event was kind of stinky, but That's what I heard. I heard Raw was actually really good. The uh the pacing and everything was really excellent. 
Uh, I seen one of the big things is they gave Bianca and Io, what like a fifteen minute match, which is unheard of. It was. It might have been longer than that. It was. It was pretty solid, and I think. No, that wasn't one of the ones. the The first hour of Raw was uh, commercial free, and they just like it was really, really good for that first hour. Um, really, I can't. I don't really have any complaints about Raw. The pacing was good, the wrestling was good. Um, I was a little surprised that they had AJ Styles lose to um, Champa. Now it's going to be Champa and. Um, Bobby Lashley for the United States title next Monday. Um, I thought the triple threat matches that set that AJ and Champa match up were really good. Um, yeah, I just, it was a really, really good, solid show. Um, they closed it out for no reason with the Usos versus the Mysterios for the tag team championships. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a good match, I guess. I just, I can't stand the Mysterios. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I know there's people that do, but I just I just don't care. Like it's like, oh, here's my son Dominic. Nobody gives a shit, dude. He's not very good. He I'm sure that Ray Mysterio and his wife and his family give a shit about Dominic Mysterio. I would hope so. But uh Rando in Ohio here does not give a shit. Random guy on one of the worst podcasts on the internet does not give a shit about <laughs> I've heard some bad podcasts. We're not one of the worst. All right, we're in that that 30th percentile. Um, Well, you uh, segue from the WWE. uh, The other big wrestling story of the week was uh, Ric Flair's last match held in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, It was part of... uh, Nashville was the place to be if you're a wrestling fan this weekend. Um, It was part of the the big star cast. uh, Conrad Thompson, who pretty much in terms of wrestling podcast shows, is like the preeminent name. But uh, he sponsors or he puts on uh, StarCast, which is a big wrestling convention. And then uh, he was the promoter for the Ric Flair's last match too. I pulled, I contemplated, I was deciding whether to pull the trigger on this even up till like five minutes before, and I decided not to. Um I read the card leading up to the main event was fantastic. A lot of good stuff in there. You got a uh, got a Josh Alexander, who's the Impact World Champion, who wrestled, uh, what was that, the Fought Two brother? It was uh, Jacob Fought Two. Okay, yeah. I heard that was a really good match. Uh, got the Briscoes coming off of the... Uh, the FTR match from the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I heard that was a really good match. But, yeah, I heard, like, nothing but great things about the uh, the undercard. And then uh, I managed to catch uh, a lot of the la- the, the main event on um, the Internet. not going to say where. I don't need a ceased and desist letter from anybody. But uh, I'll give kudos to uh, Jeff Jarrett, uh, that being his backyard, he had those people hating his guts, and I think some of them are probably wishing for his imminent death. I mean, he played the heel role perfectly. Um, Andrade, Jay Lethal, solid workers as always. It made him look really good, but I really, really hope this is Ric Flair's last match. Uh, he he looked every bit of 73 in there. 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm reading here, and uh, one of the things it said is uh, multiple reviewers described watching Flair's performance in the main event as quote uncomfortable due to his poor physical condition. Yeah. Flair revealed in the in the lead up to the match that he had been suffering from plantar fasciitis and planned on drinking prior to the bout. Oh, good grief. So, yeah, I'm sure that he probably got fucked up and he's old and it just, he has a fucking pacemaker. Well, there's a spot in the match where Andrade gives him brass knuckles to, I think, because my, my feet cut out, so I don't remember who exactly he was going to get the brass knuckle shot to. But Andrade had to wake him up because it looked like he had seriously just passed out in the middle of the ring. God, that's awful. And even when he, uh, I read that he, uh, like, was very shaky getting the brass knuckles onto his hand. Um, Yeah, I just, (laughs) I mean, he was bleeding, so his fucking blood sugar was probably low or something. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, Ric Flair bleeding is like, you know, getting up to take a shower if you're a regular shower taker like I am. Like I, I take one every day, but uh, maybe Ric Flair, like as, as little as 10 years ago, but like you said, the man's like 73 years old and it's just, he's too fucking old. Yeah. You know what though? Like I think honestly he should have, I don't think he wanted to quit when he retired at WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels, but I think that was honestly the best send off you could have. Uh, yeah, the match was great. Um, the story was great. I mean, him and Shawn Michaels are really good friends, and it's just it was the perfect sunset to ride off into, and he's he's kind of fucked it up ever since. But um, I know he – I think he had a lot of financial trouble, so he basically six months after the fact was back wrestling in TNA and mm-hmm. wrestled Hulk Hogan in some Australian tour, which I heard those matches were god-awful. As a matter of fact, I think there's a meme – of a bloody Ric Flair and a bloody Hulk Hogan in the midst of one of their matches. Um, I guess Rick was in, you know, he's in good financial shape now. I think he just wanted to do it on his terms, which, hey, you know, at the end of the day, if this is how you want to go out, cool. But, yeah, I just, it was. The stuff I watched, like, ah, oh, man, like, I just, I just wanted him to make it out okay, which he did. I guess apparently he checked out. He was good to go. But, yeah, I was like, man, I'm just worried that something was going to happen to him in that match. Yeah, and you don't want to watch. It, it kind of reminds me of the movie The Wrestler. I where, thought the same thing. You know, it's it's kind of implied that he dies in the ring doing what he loves, and that could have been the story. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know what it is about uh, – wrestlers like they always I think it's just it's I think we've spoken on the the show before about like needing that like that drug of fan reaction is just too powerful of a drug to kick yeah it seems like no wrestler ever has like it's their final match but then like they always have to come back and tarnish it a little bit I think the only guy that I can think of off the top of my head and I could be wrong. There's probably other guys. I think considering Stone Cold Steve Austin's last match was against The Rock at, what was that, 19? WrestleMania 19? The one yeah. in Seattle, yeah. yeah then 19. he came back to do the Kevin Owens match at WrestleMania this year. 
that was probably the exception to the rule. That actually was a fun match. Not technically sound by any stretch, but I thought Austin did okay. But uh, Taker, I think he should have called it quits when he fought Reigns at WrestleMania. With the I forget the number, but the one where he leaves the boots in the middle of the ring. Right. That should have been the, the send-off, but then he decided to carry on. Shawn Michaels well, I mean, had the perfect... Even with- I was going to sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but even with like the the one he did with AJ Styles, where it was cinematic, that was fine to leave too. Yeah, if that's how you ride off in the sunset, that's perfectly acceptable. That was a fun match, really good. Leave that like you can't leave much better than that. Shawn Michaels, same way. Shawn Michaels had the perfect send off. It it wasn't quite as good as him and Taker's first match at Mania, but. That's probably one of the ten best matches of that year. Yeah, and he ends up coming back in that train wreck in uh, Saudi Arabia. That was that crown jewel where it's him and Triple H against Taker and Kane. Yeah, and I I didn't watch that, but I've heard that's one of the worst matches. Like I know the Undertaker was pissed and he was like breaking stuff backstage because he was so mad. Because he you know he's a perfectionist. He he had done it for a long time. He wanted it to be good and those were legends in there and it should have been good, but mm-hmm. apparently it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it seems to be a thing with those, uh, Saudi Arabia events. There always seems to be some kind of mishap, like whether it's Titus O'Neil slipping and sliding through the ring. That's or... the funniest fucking shit I've ever seen, dude. I laughed so hard. I thought it was planned at first. Yeah. Or but Goldberg. I heard Corey, Gra- I heard Corey Graves laughing. Yeah. <laughs> or Goldberg almost like injuring the undertaker or the undertaker, triple H, Kane, Shawn Michaels thing. There's always some like some t- train wreck at those events. Well, it kind of tells you everything you need to know about them going to Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, they should just basically give it up. But they're not going to though. That's too much money. But yeah, I just I really wish that like some, there was like a consultant. Even like we should get into that business. Like WWE, AEW, indie promotions hire us. If you have a wrestler who's got is like a legitimate legend. If he's thinking, he or she's thinking about stepping away from the ring, hire me and Lucas. We'll tell them like, hey, you know what? That's a perfect way to go out. You don't need to come back. We we will build them up on their last match, and then we will absolutely destroy their confidence to make sure that they never want to step in the ring again. Well, no, uh, yeah, well, no, I, that could be the uh, the exact like effect. That'd be the opposite thing. Like, oh, well, I have to get one more good one. We tell them, like, hey, that's a perfect way to send off. We partner with Conrad Thompson since we've pretty much we've told him, like, we've told everybody that that's the guy for Wrestling Podcast. Partner with him. Hey. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody. Hey, Shawn Michaels. Want a Conrad Thompson podcast? There you go. You can stay in the limelight. You can do conventions, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Just stay the fuck out of the ring, okay? Yeah, consulting business. We should go, like, um, after uh, Matt Hardy and Christian Cage's match tomorrow, um, make sure you tell Matt Hardy to please please stop. Well, I will be – I might be close enough to where I could t- tell him that and he could hear me, which I, I'm going to the AEW Dynamite tomorrow. Super excited about that. Yeah, so just do me a favor if you can. Just yell, Matt, please quit. It's embarrassing. You can't even walk. That's an awful long chant. I don't know if I can come up with anything creative to chant. 
You don't even have to chant. Just yell it. Just be one of those people <laughs> like, this is fucking embarrassing. You're, what are you doing? So basically like just going on like a five minute yelling diatribe. Yes. To where I end up getting kicked out. Worth it. I'll just have to tell my wife, like, okay, guys, I'll be out the car, I guess. <laughs> Let but, me not face, FaceTime into Jen and have her hold the phone for the rest of the show. I've got YouTube TV. I'll, uh, I'll just watch the rest of it on there. Oh, um, there you go. Outside of wrestling, uh, a topic that has been broached on our show quite a bit, uh, the Deshaun Watson saga. I don't know if this is the end, but we're getting close to the end. Uh Judge Sue Robinson levied a six-game suspension on him yesterday. Uh, Lucas, you being a Browns fan, what are your thoughts on the suspension? Too too much? Too little? Well, I would like to point out that you, uh, the last time I said something about this, you said, I don't care. <laughs> I still don't, but, I mean, we it's, it's a big news story. I just want it to be done and over with. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, I do too. Um, because... As you said, it may not be over the NFL. I believe they have tomorrow to decide if they're going to appeal or not. Yeah, they have three I'm, days. We're not, you know, currently searching the internet. It could have happened while we were talking. We don't know, but um, I think the the NFL probably will appeal, and I think Roger Goodell will probably bring down the hammer and give him a full year plus a multi-million dollar fine. That was another thing. He got suspended, but he didn't get fined at all. And what Sue Robinson said was six games is on par with the highest suspension that the NFL has ever given for a violation of the personal conduct policy. Um, that's why she didn't do a fine, and that's why it was six games. Um as just as a human and a dad of three girls, um, I think it's incredibly gross what he was doing. Uh, I think it's a weird fetish and I think he's kind of creepy and gross. Mm. Um, <laughs> now on the, the Browns fan side of it, it's kind of hard, you know, you're torn because Sean Watson is an elite quarterback or at least he was. Mm-hmm. And that team is built to win the Super Bowl. Um, their defense is even better than last year. Um, and then you throw Watson on the offense. Now, the wide receiver room is a little weak for the Browns. So that's a that's a weak spot. But they still have, like, the best one-two punch in the backfield running the ball, which you really need in the AFC North. Um, and then just... You have Watson who can win you a game, but you don't have to have him do that with the running game you have. Mm. And that was the problem with Baker Mayfield. He just couldn't win them the game when they needed a quarterback to win them the game. Uh, so I'm, the six games that they play, there's really only two teams that are really could really be losses or bad losses, whatever you want to say. Like, they could get the shit kicked out of them. Um, but. Who are those teams, a, if you don't mind me asking? I uh, believe they, it's the Patriots. I got to look at their schedule because I, I had it in my head. And then, uh, you know, totally lost it. So, but um, 
they have a chance. So they got the Panthers, the Jets, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Chargers, and the Patriots. So they could very easily get destroyed by the Chargers and the Patriots. I honestly um, think the Chargers would probably beat them even with Deshaun Watson. But the, I mean, and yeah, they could. Um, but so the, like six games is kind of a victory as a fan of the Browns. But as just kind of a human being, it's I don't know. I don't know how to feel. I'm a little split on it. Like I right. always, you know, like I've always been. Well, from what I uh, uh, read of the the verdict, it sounds like it, you said that it's basically she's going off the precedent that had been set prior to this. But she also left it up for the NFL, like, hey, maybe you guys need to change this. Right. Um. So I mean, yeah, I I think he got off a little light because I mean he's not going to lose hardly any money because I mean he's not getting paid shit this year anyways. Uh, six games. I mean, like I was reading reports, uh, players consider that a vacation. So it's not really like yeah. it's detrimental to them. And like I said, I just looked at their schedule too. I mean, Cleveland would most likely, looking at their early season schedule, if they keep that status quo, they're probably coming going to that Baltimore game. I would say probably at best. Four and two, maybe at the absolute worst, three and three. Yeah. I mean, I could maybe – I mean, the Steelers always play them tough regardless. Yeah, so, and it's hard to say what the Steelers are going to be this year. And plus, uh, looking at that – oh, no, that's a home game for the Browns, so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think at the worst-case scenario, they go into that Baltimore game at 500. Um, I really just think it's a matter of whether the NFL wants to look. They just want it to be done and over with. Because I think if I think they're they're struggling because I think they would have already. You would have heard rumblings like, okay, they're going to appeal this for sure, but yeah, going into well, we're probably thirty, yeah, at least thirty six hours after the decision, and we still haven't. I haven't heard anything that has, like, said they're going one way or another. So it's really just a matter of whether they want to come out of this, like, okay, it's done, we're, we don't like it, but I just, they're like me, they, they just want it over. Or whether they, I mean, they, the rumor was they wanted a year, and then they get six games, so they didn't even get half, half of that. So it kind of makes the NFL look weak to an extent. So it's... Yeah. All right, do we need to reassess, like, re, like, take back our strength by appealing this decision? So it's really a matter of just whether they're going to do that or not. Yeah, I, and it wouldn't shock me if they did, and it wouldn't shock me if they didn't, because it's really bad publicity and it's a big story right now. But like everything in America, it's forgotten in a week two weeks, whatever. So if they let it go and it just, the suspension that was handed down stays what it is and they just let it go, it won't be talked about. I mean, it'll be talked about probably every Browns game that's played, but that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. I I know. Like I just checking on some of the uh, like social media for like the Browns, like after they announced the decision and like, 
I tell you what, man, it's just it's one of those things where, like in the sports world, like as long as it helps the team win, they honestly like people just don't give a shit what kind of person they are. I seen a post where somebody said that they don't understand why he's even get suspended six games. Like he sat out the whole year. That should be punishment enough. Right. <clears throat> but I'm also like, I was thinking like, well, the NFL didn't force the Texans to sit him out. So that's, that's not a punishment right. by the league. It was a combination of all the shit swirling against him. And the fact he just didn't want to be there anymore. So why play him if you don't want to play anyways? So I just, I don't know. Sports fans can be very, like, fickle sometimes. It's like they're willing to overlook a lot of things for the greater good of their team. The NFL, I mean, it has so many people that have done such horrible shit, (laughs) you know, that still play. And it's just, and I, I feel bad for saying this, but by probably next year I'll forget all about this. Oh, I'm sure you know most people will too. Like this will be a non-story. I honestly, I don't even think it'd be a year. I think once we get into October, this will be an like it'll be if the six-game suspension sticks. By the time he comes back, was that mid-October? When's that week seven game? It is October the twenty-third. So yeah, by November, middle of November, it'll be a non like. People won't even be talking about it. Yeah, which is sad and just, you know, what are you going to do? Everybody's attention spans kind of, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. And really, the Browns don't, they have a favorable schedule too. So if they, if they do have Deshaun Watson, there is a good chance that they're making the playoffs, in my opinion. I mean, they're, looking at the teams they could lose to, I mean, they could always lose to the Steelers, um, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Ravens. See, I don't think the Patriots are that good. I don't think they're any better. I, I actually think they're probably – I'm going to say I think they're probably the third best team in the East. I think, at least looking on paper, I would take the Dolphins over the Patriots right now. <laughs> Patriots didn't do anything to address Mac, like helping out Mac Jones at all. Which, I mean, they may not be good, but they're still playing at the Patriots, I, I believe. So. Yeah. Um, but then they have, like, they have the Dolphins. Dolphins are very beatable. Um, they could lose to the Bengals, but the but they don't lose to the Bengals, you know, completely. Um, they, they just don't. I know that uh, those are the best games that Baker Mayfield had as the quarterback. So... Um, they have the Buccan. They're at the Buccaneers, but they have the Texans. They have the Saints, which who the hell knows how the Saints are going to be? And then they have the fucking Commanders, who are probably going to be the worst team, one of the worst teams in the NFL. And uh, they're not that bad. They're not on. You know, I would say they're like Detroit bad or. Uh, Carolina bad or uh, Atlanta. Atlanta is probably going to be the worst team in the league, truth be told. But uh, I don't think they're quite that bad. Plus, they play in the uh, the NFC East, so most likely 
you're going to at least beat the – you have a good chance to beat the Giants twice. You might sneak out with a win against the, the Eagles. You might sneak out with a win against the Cowboys. So that's just how that division always plays out. That division's weird. It makes it's very no weird. Sense. Very weird. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I I'm really curious to see how this shakes out because for one thing, I'm just I just want to be over with. I I would rather concentrate on the actual season versus this. It seems to be kind of like a cloud hanging over the league. Is this whole thing like how is this going to play out? Because he's still one of the biggest stars in the league. It's just kind of like this cloud hanging over it. Just yeah, like decision. I said, if they if they do decide to do the twelve, you know, the twelve or the full season, then it's going to go to court. So it's going to be dragged out even more, and it's going to be something that's constantly talked about. So it's just, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with the six games. I don't know. I don't know any of the facts. I wasn't in the room. I just know what one person says versus what twenty some other people say. Mm-hmm which, you know, you tend to believe when there's 25 what they're saying, but I don't know. I wasn't in the room when he was getting – when he was flopping his dick around and I wasn't in the courtroom when they presented to Sue or the whatever room they were in, the board meeting room. So I, I They were at a Holiday Inn Express. They, had, they, they rented out the conference room, <laughs> had a nice continental <laughs> breakfast beforehand. You know, I'm sure Sue Robinson got a couple waffles out of the waffle maker. Man, those are that and like uh, those pancake makers that you see at hotels now, mm-hmm. where it just like distributes the perfect amount of pancake. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And that's like a criteria now. Whenever we go out of town, is like, do they have a continental breakfast? For the most part, it is, it is I, a much. It is a must. I'll give the missus her like you know her due. She's Pretty awesome at picking out hotels. Yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed everywhere that we've stayed. Yeah, we uh, we went to our uh, Colorado trip. It's just like one of the hotels was awesome, and then the other one was kind of like a little lackluster in the breakfast department. It's no bueno. Yeah, so um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add uh, before uh, we wrap this up, but uh, as of uh, recording uh, – Baseball season for me has finally kicked off, and it's gotten interesting. Today was the MLB trade deadline. A lot of big moves. Uh, Juan Soto, superstar outfielder for the Nationals, got traded today in a the true definition of a blockbuster. Uh, him, uh, Josh Bell, went from Washington to San Diego for pretty much most of uh, San Diego's top prospects in their farm system. Uh, the day before, San Diego got – one of the best closers in baseball. They went and got a super utility guy off Cincinnati Reds. They're going for broke. Yeah. This year. So, yeah, I mean, I, my son, we were waiting uh, in line for Dan House, and he just keeps, like, on the way down and on the way, like, waiting in line. He's like, this guy got traded. Like, uh, Russell Iglesias from the Angels got traded to the Braves, and like he's just telling me like all these deals are going down, and just like Jesus. But um, I think now the San Diego Padres have to be one of the favorites in the uh, National League to win or go to the World Series. Still can't count out the Braves. Still can't count out LA. But I think they jumped to uh, the head of the class. Now that 
uh, lineup once they get Fernando Tatis back is going to be a murderer's row for years to come. I 100% would agree with you if I knew. So I'm like basically talking to the to the wall here in terms of baseball odds. Yeah, well, I know who Fernando Tatis is. Mm-hmm. I know who Luis Castillo is. I know of King um, Griffey Jr. I I seen him play back in uh, the ye olden days. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. I you know I you know I'm not a baseball guy. Well, I'm gonna have to have uh, Jason come back on uh, here soon. We'll just do a, a full baseball episode. Uh, we do have uh, Bullet Train coming up. Well, actually, yeah, we'll talk uh, movies real quick. Um, the, uh, this evening, uh, found out that uh, Warner Brothers uh, planned a Batgirl movie. Basically, just they said, you know what? We don't want to spend the extra $10 million or so to finish this thing. We've already sank $90 million into this. We're just going to scrap the whole thing altogether. Which makes me think that that movie was absolutely horrid. That's the only thing I could think of is why. Like, And you've been saying, why don't they just put it on HBO Max? Yeah, I don't know. Um, that, the only thing I can think of is it's just not even good enough to do that. Well, I mean, I don't know. The, the vibe I'm getting is uh, if... Because they... Uh, Warner Brothers and Discovery recently had their merger. So it makes me wonder if now... I don't know how it worked. I don't know if Warner Brothers... Yeah, it has to be if Discovery's making a call. Uh, Discovery basically took Warner Brothers over, so it's one of their properties now. Right. And it makes me wonder if like, if they don't have the, enough confidence that this thing's going to make them money, whether it's good or not. It's like, okay, well, that's... We didn't pay $90 million to make this thing. Warner Brothers did. We're not going to spend $10 million of our money to complete it if we don't feel confident enough to put this. It seemed like they were angling for a theatrical release on that too. Like I think that's, I think that's the, I guess the mindset discovery I think is going to have with these. Like if it's not good enough to be a theatrical release, we're just not going to sink the money into it to put it on HBO Max. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, ten million dollars to a major company like that really isn't that much, right? But it's it also one of those things like, yeah. well, we're not going to spend our money on something we don't believe in, right? Because well, I mean, I, go ahead. I was going to say, and we talked about earlier the the DC universe really has not been very good at all. It's been very hit uh, and besides, miss. like, yeah, besides like Batman, Aquaman. Um, the remake of the Suicide Squad was pretty good. I mean, it's been um, uneven. Like Wonder Woman, the first one's fantastic. I still think it's the best in that that universe. But and then Aquaman was solid. But I mean, I don't know. They they for every Wonder Woman, you've got Wonder Woman 1984. For every the Suicide Squad, you've got Suicide Squad. And I mean, I guess now if like, can you imagine if Discovery would have taken over Warner Brothers like a year ago, we wouldn't have gotten the Snyder cut of the Justice League, which I think is much better than the theatrical version. Although you got to sit and watch the Snyder cut over like two nights. <laughs> I actually sat and watched that in one go. 
all four I, hours. I tried. I tried, but like I have these old man hours now. So like once it hits like a certain point, I start getting super tired. So <laughs> I, I think I remember falling asleep like after shortly after the second the second part of it. Like they broke it into like these chapters. I think mm-hmm. I fell asleep shortly after the end of the second chapter. I'm like, fuck, okay, I just I have to I have to finish this tomorrow. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, but Yeah, it was really good. It was just really long. But yeah, I don't know. There seems like there's some some kind of higher power out there that is just bound and determined to take the return of Michael Keaton as Batman away from me. Like I've been looking forward to this for so long. Like it's one of the things that got me, you know, like it's one of the bright spots of the pandemic. Like, oh, well, once shit gets back to normal, which I'm still waiting on that, but like, once shit like gets back to somewhat normal, like I'll get to see Michael Keaton back as Batman, and now both of those are in jeopardy. Yeah, because they're probably going to cancel The Flash because Ezra Miller is running around hitting and biting people in Hawaii. Oh, that's... Not the only thing he's been up to. He's been, uh, uh, I've read stuff about him uh, potentially grooming underage children. Yep, sounds about All right. Kinds of Going weird around stuff. honking some underage goose. Yeah. Uh, I don't, like, uh, with that, it's really hard to say because, I mean, $90 million is a little different than 200 and I think the flash budget's like 230, 240. That's a bit of a tougher pill to swallow as a write-off. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much Discovery paid for Warner either, but... I think they got it at the bargain bin for like $69.99. I should have just jumped on that. (laughs) We should own it. We'll we'll make sure that those movies are excellent. Yeah. But I don't know. I can't see them... I think what's going to happen is it's going to get one of those releases where they don't, they put it out in theaters, probably not going to sit there and put a bunch of money into like promotion. And I think the flash goes away for a while and then they'll eventually recast it. I don't know. Do you think think they're going to keep doing DC universe stuff? Oh yeah. I, I think they will. I mean, it's, we live in the age of movies now where intellectual properties are king. And right now, Marvel is the king of the movie world. Like, their IP is just, you know, almost guaranteed to make money. But Star Wars, there's really not a Star Wars movie in the horizon. Uh, the Harry Potter franchise has kind of lost a lot of steam. I think there's a new one coming out with the original cast. Oh, I haven't heard about that. But let, let's just say that the DC universe is still a very valuable property that Warner brothers, I think would be stupid to not try to continue to make movies because like you said, for every, or we were saying like for every wonder woman, 1984, we got the original wonder woman, which was awesome. They, you know, the suicide squad's been good. They've actually been their theatrical slate lately has been actually solid. I mean, what we got the suicide squad last August, which I thought was awesome. Love that movie. And then yeah, we got the good. then we got the Batman. Yeah. In March. They're not linked together, but I mean that's that's a pretty good little win streak and then I think yeah, they've got uh Black Adam coming out in October. 
Then they've got Shazam 2 in December. And then Aquaman is uh, March of 2023. So, I mean. Hopefully. I mean, like we talked about, we're not really impressed by Black Adam. Um, I don't. Did you like the first Shazam? I thought it was a good movie. I mean, I wouldn't. I wasn't wowed by. It. I know some people like thought it was like the best thing that DC's done. Was like, all right, come on. Like, let's I not let let's not give it that much praise. It's a good, fun movie, but it's not the best thing that DC's done. No, I think it is one of the better things they've done, in my opinion. But that's just you know. I like the Backstreet Boys, so my opinion has been dead to you for a couple of weeks after you found that out. So. Yeah, I don't really give a fuck what you say or what you think anymore. <laughs> I just bring you on here so I can just ride lawn for an hour and I'm not talking to a wall, which I was for five minutes while I was talking about baseball. That's not true. I was listening to everything you said, and I knew like three players. Yeah, I think you I think you were getting ready to ask me, if did King Griffey Jr. hit a touchdown this year? How many <laughs> touchdowns did he hit? Hey, does the DH play in the field? Where do you play? Oh, don't even get me fucking started on that. That's another <laughs> episode in itself. Um, well, uh, we're treading into an hour now. Lucas, you got anything you want to add before we wrap this bad boy up? No, actually, you – well, uh, just real quick, did find out today, back to the football thing, that the Dolphins got busted for uh, intentionally losing games. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. I, uh, well, I think they didn't get in trouble for that. It was um, – they contacted Tom Brady in 1920 and 21 while he was still under contract with other teams. So there yeah. was basically the tampering okay, charge. That he, yeah. Then they also contacted Sean Payton while he was still under contract to the saints. So that's what they got in trouble for. And they discovered that during the Brian Flores lawsuit where Brian Flores said that Jeffrey Ross or Stephen Ross Jeffrey Ross is that comedian that's on every Comedy Central roast that they ever make, but uh, <laughs> and nobody knew who the fuck he was until that. I think that's what he's. That's got to be what he's known for now. It's like the Comedy Central roast guy. But uh, during that, uh, Stephen Ross had offered Brian Flores like bonuses to tank. Yeah, so I, I guess I was wrong on that. I thought it was because they got busted for for dropping games. I didn't get to read the whole story. I just saw the headline. So mm-hmm. apparently that was a bullshit headline. Thanks yeah. internet. Well, I mean, but, um, they could find out like, you know, they could dig deeper and, you know, find out that he did, you know, like this is legit. And I think they have so much going on right now that they don't want any more controversy. They're probably just going to let it go. Right. Yeah. Uh, they lost a first rounder next year and then a fourth rounder, third or fourth rounder. Uh yeah, one of the two. Yeah, I, I didn't I, I just seen the blurb and like after that story broke, I just got super busy, wasn't able to research it. I wouldn't expect you to bring it up tonight, so I do apologize for being unprepared. <laughs> but uh look at it, me. Well, I mean, honestly, I was unprepared, too, because I had the whole story wrong. But, man, whatever. This is our podcast. We do what we want. We have, like, six people that listen, and we love them dearly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's a train wreck. When you tune into the show, you know what to expect. We're going to be factually inaccurate. Not funny at all. With a smile on our fucking faces. That's right. 
All right, man. Well, hey, it was a good chat with you tonight. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday. So uh, we'll talk to you guys later.